All right. So are we ready? You want to get started? Let's do it. I'll tell you what. If this this is going to drive me nuts to edit again, it's okay. It's the last time. I can just tell. I just know. You just know what? It's going to do that stupid thing where it, oh, whoa. <gasps> it was you. What? The crackle. Did it just crackle? It, when you were playing with the cord, it crackled. All right. Well, I won't touch the cord. I'll hold really still. Don't move. I can't crochet like this. No, you definitely cannot. But your eye bugging out is on point. All right. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Erin Plyme and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system, <laughs> but we're still crazy for a good and very, very strange true crime story. Oh, man, I have a great one. I am so excited. I found one too. And I was um, I was actually reading it to Jordan today, which I've never been able to do before because usually I have to keep it a secret. And today she was sitting up here because there's nowhere to sit in my house. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I just found this. And oh my God, and this. Oh my God. <laughs> so we just went through the whole thing. Nice. So she's already heard this story um, in detail. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to see if it's any more fun when she's listening to it for a second time. It's true. It's true. You know, she better like leave us some reviews and stuff. Yeah. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes right. <laughs> and anywhere else podcasts are found. That's right. She'll have to go do it through like Google Play or something because she has my Chromebook, which will not get on iTunes. Oh, uh, yeah. They don't get big along. Problem. No, no, actually, iTunes is a big problem if you're not an Apple person, because it is where everybody goes for things like podcast reviews, but you can't access them, you can't write them, you can't do anything. It's a pain. You can, you can do some of it, but it's like super tricky and not, huh. just pain in the ass. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big Apple fan. I don't know if you knew that about me. <laughs> really hate Apple a lot. Oh, man. I love my I love my MacBook. I love that it works better than anything the school ever gave me. Yeah, but I feel like a half decent PC I could say the same thing. So and actually it doesn't work so much. I'm going to have to give it to somebody the moment I get to Minneapolis. I have to give my laptop to them because it's not working. Oh, man, then you can't work it's, while they're playing with it. It's WebEx. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, Diana, tell me a story. Ooh, you want, you want that? Okay. Yeah, I do. So. I do. That's why I'm here. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I talk to you all day, every day, but when we get dressed up like this, it's <laughs> podcast <laughs> I am pretty sure 80% of my hair is going in the correct direction. <laughs> <laughs> I am I mostly, that, no, I'm totally wearing pajamas, not even dressed. I did think about changing beforehand, but I changed. That seems like a lot of work. No, I changed the moment I got home. Um, I actually, that was how I got Tobin to get in his pajamas. I was like, okay, we're going to have a race. Ready, set, go. He goes, you're cheating. You're cheating. My shirt's inside out. It's not a race. <laughs> okay whatever i still won <laughs> got you in your jammies right <laughs> and i still won yeah. all right tell me a story all right so i have a story that i found when i was doing uh my terrible habit of reading ranker articles <gasps> uh, i found mine in a ranker article too but but then uh -oh. I did I did further research. I was like, no, I don't believe Definitely. this. Let me look it up. And then it was a hundred times better when I looked it up. I was so glad I looked it up. What if we did the the same one? Because I felt the same way. Like the ranker was like, ooh, that's really like that's fun mm -hmm. and interesting. I mean, not super fun, but like really interesting. And then I started reading into it, and I was like, holy, like there is so much yep. here. <laughs> so I condensed it a lot. But there's still a lot. Well, okay, tell me. Tell me. I need to know. <laughs> okay. So 
Our story begins in 1988. Mine is way earlier than that. We're safe. Okay. We're good. Yes. So 1988, for those of you that remember it, was a good music year and a better hair year. I was six. (sighs) (laughs) I love this dynamic (laughs) so much. (laughs) I was 13 and I had bangs that could take an eye out. Jordan hadn't been born yet and would not be born for another four years. Oh, my God. So we had a new guy this week. And <laughs> part of what I have to do is verify like their identity to make sure they're cool to work here. And he was born while I was in college. Yeah. I am... Older than him than my parents are to me. Yeah. I David used to always teach with his former students. I I am appalled at how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like Yeah, no good. I know. Anyway. But would you rather be seventeen? Oh, because I know no. I would not. No, never again. No, 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 no. All right. So let's go back to 1988. Okay. Susan Kuhnhausen. Oh, my. Yes. Uh, was a registered. That's awesome I know. It's a pretty, pretty rough one. Uh, she was a registered nurse living in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was in her 30s. She was single. So her friend and her mom decided to take out a personal ad for her in the local newspaper, the Willamette Week. Wow, that's, wow. So for those of you that don't remember the 80s as clearly as I do, that used to be a thing. Like you would put ads in the paper and then people would call you or write letters. Yeah. And I remember when online dating became a thing and people are like, oh, it's going to be all serial killers and creepers. No, and you've already been doing it. <laughs> Just with also, a I can, of creepers. <laughs> I can Google the creepers that find me on Match.com. It's true. Right? <laughs> it's true. You much better information. That's true. <sighs> I did once get matched with a dude who shared a name with somebody who was being tried for a murder in like Kansas or something. Oh my god. So I'm reading through all this. Like, oh my God, this can't be. It can't be. It can't be. <laughs> so close. Wow. Anyway, Susan, uh, whose mother, you know, had very little regard for her daughter's personal safety, put this <laughs> ad in the paper for her. And she actually did get some replies. Her ad is actually, it's pretty cute and clever. Um, and she got a reply from a guy named Mike. Aaron just made a face. I was trying to make my microphone louder without you seeing. (laughs) Um, I also have feelings about guys named Mike. They're very mixed because my dad is named Mike. But there are other Mikes as well. This ain't going to help. Oh, boy. (laughs) So Mike and Susan started talking on the phone. On January 30th, 1988, uh, Susan later said that she figured they'd spent probably about 100 hours on the phone before they met for their first date, where they fed the ducks. Oh, man. I bet they fed them bread, because they didn't know any better. Probably. It was the 80s. Yeah. Um, So they, they fed the ducks in February, and then in December, they drove out to Reno to get married. Fun fact, my parents got married in Reno. Because they were teenagers. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, that would do it. <sighs> All right, so they they drove to Reno to get married. Uh, Mike, the, her new husband, had grown up in Portland. He was a kid who had been adopted as a newborn. He was in Vietnam. He told Susan that he'd seen combat, but uh, military records say that he was a switchboard operator. So not so much. Maybe not. Um, with, a really dangerous switchboard. I right in the field. Yeah, <laughs> right in the middle. <laughs> right, right in the middle. Front you got to get called. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so a few years after they got married, he got a job as the janitorial supervisor for Oregon Entertainment, which is the parent company of Fantasy Adult Video. <gasps> Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I love the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the marriage started going south pretty quickly. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I mean, I could see where that would happen. Yeah, so they, things went south pretty quickly. They stopped going out and doing stuff. Uh, Mike became really controlling. He would bother her about plans when she would go out. Um, he'd watch what she bought and, you know, complain about the money. And here's my favorite. If she went to kiss him, he'd burp at her. Ew, uh, that sounds like my kids. <laughs> right? <laughs> but Don't- they're two and five and nineteen. <laughs> Well, 19, I mean, you know. He doesn't do it so much. It's more the two-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, no. I feel like that if that had ever happened to me, I'd have punched the dude and been out the door. Right, and then I never would have tried again. Like, it wouldn't be an ongoing thing. I wouldn't be like, oh, well, last time. No. (laughs) Nope, nope. Game off. Right? Forever. (laughs) Forever. We're done. So after 17 years of this, nope, she finally had enough of Mike's shit and kicked him out of the house. Thank God. Yeah. She did say later that she still loved him, but she couldn't live with him and wanted to be happy again. Oh my God, that's so sad. <laughs> I know. Wow. So Mike went to live with his dad, I presume, in a basement. Hmm. Um. And they they weren't divorced yet. She hadn't even filed yet. And she didn't change the alarm code for their house. Oh. Which was 1210, their anniversary. So. Uh, now everybody can get in Diana. Way to go. Well, I mean, I think it'll be okay. So <laughs> by this time, we're in 2006. And Susan was a nurse. She was an emergency room nurse. And she had been an emergency room nurse for like 30 years. She worked at Providence Portland Medical Center, and um, from what it sounds like, it was a like a trauma hospital. Like she saw some shit. Oof. More so than her stupid husband. Much more so. I mean, yeah. she probably wasn't trying to kiss them, so maybe less perfect. Well, well, I mean, more than he saw when he was, you know, in the middle of the war, right? AKA, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on Wednesday, September 6th, 2006, she left work from the hospital. She went to get her hair done, and then she went home. She disarmed the security alarm when she got home, and she found a note from Mike in the kitchen because he'd been over to watch the cats, and it said that he hadn't been sleeping, he had to get away, and he'd gone to the beach. Apparently, they had a second little house on the beach. He said... Why does she care? Because he wasn't going to be there to watch the cast? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's a weird arrangement. Well, also, like, I've had cats. They can put up with you be go- being gone for work. They they prefer right. it, actually. <laughs> right. Yeah, they don't want me home at all unless I'm feeding them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's not like dogs. Like, you have to let out. Right. Yeah. Even they are pretty okay if you go to work. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're working like 12 or 14 hour shifts, well, maybe like somebody should come let them pee. Puppy. But, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. so he'd been over, watched the cats, uh, left this note that he'd gone to the beach house and he'd be home Friday or Saturday. This is Wednesday. And he signed the note, love me, love L-U-V. He's ahead of his time. He's like 50. Yeah, <laughs> like, but- like 60. Like Come on, spell. Yeah, I, I, maybe he didn't know. Maybe. So Susan kind of puttered around the house for a little bit. She went outside, she went through the mail. And then she noticed that her bedroom, which was on the first floor, looked like it was darker than it should be. And she figured that she'd forgotten to open the curtains that morning. So she went in there to, to open the curtains when a man jumped from behind the door and hit her in the left temple with a hammer. (gasps) That escalated very quickly. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So remember, this woman was an ER nurse. 
she's used to disarming patients. True. She will stab a needle in somebody detoxing. Yeah. She has cracked open rib cages to massage hearts in her bare hands. And the particular ER that she worked in was really worried about nurse safety. So they sent all of their nurses through very intensive self-defense training. Good. I like where this is going. <laughs> so this 51-year-old, uh-huh. 5'4". That's taller than me. Two- 250 if she's a pound woman with two bad knees screamed who are you what do you want but the attacker didn't answer well no because who would i mean so she slammed her body against him hoping to push him over and he didn't fall over but he did say one sentence and it was the only thing he said all night Uh uh-oh you're strong. <laughs> That's creepy. And Susan realized that he was there to kill her. Yeah, no kidding. So she managed to wrestle the hammer away from him. I feel like and she got it. I feel like that should have really been her first clue, though, when he hit her in the head with the hammer. Well, she said later that she thought it was a burglary, that she had come home and, and startled somebody and he'd hidden and was, was trying to get out. That seems legit, too. Yeah, I guess so. And especially with the, like, that's a crappy weapon. Yeah, it is a crappy weapon. You can, like, bring something better. You know? I and I think it was her, I think it was her hammer too. Like this asshole was completely unprepared. She was just keeping it in her bedroom and he was like, God, I gotta have something. I feel like Susan is the kind of woman that had like labeled kitchen drawers, including the tool drawer with the hammer. <laughs> Get you I don't know this. That is conjecture. Perhaps she had a hammer by her bed because she was down, a single woman living alone. Like under yeah, her could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seems legit. So she got the hammer away from him, and she managed to swing the claw end into his skull three or four times. She did not oh remember. <laughs> he grabbed the hammer back, so she grabbed him by the throat and squeezed until he was purple the whole time, screaming, Who sent you? Who sent you? Oh this would make the cheesiest movie ever. But so, it's such a great actual story. <laughs> right? So she's over him. She's, she's choking him. He's purple. She's screaming. And he's still. So she, she runs. But he caught up with her and started beating her. So as he was standing over her with the hammer, she pulled him to the floor and started biting him. And she said that what she was thinking is that if she died and she was pretty sure she was going to, maybe her bite marks would lead to him. That it would prove that he was the one that had killed her. She even tried to bite his junk through his zipper. Wow. Yep. She is a tough chick. She's a tough broad. So finally, they're wedged in the hallway. And from the pictures, it looks like she lived in a, like, a nice little bungalow. You know, one, you know, maybe a story and a half, but like narrow little house. So they're wedged in the hallway and they're on their sides. And Susan was able to throw her leg over her attacker. She climbed on top of him and then hooked her left arm around his neck. And she started screaming again. She screamed, tell me who sent you here and I will call you a fucking ambulance. But he, wow. <laughs> he I'm didn't so say it wasn't me. Oh my God. No, I just died. So she, he didn't respond. He just growled. She wow. tightened her grip and he finally stopped moving. She grabbed the hammer and she ran to the neighbors and the neighbor called 911. This fight took 15 minutes i don't have that so, kind of endurance <laughs> oh god no me died either. a long time ago <laughs> so the uh one of the articles i read said that 15 minutes in professional boxing is five full rounds oh man and in ufc that is three rounds of head-to-head combat that is quite the perspective yeah I wow they're both yeah. tough yeah so the dead guy on the floor was 59 year old Ed Haffey 
who had been hired by Susan's not quite ex-husband Mike to kill her for 50 grand. Well, at least it was 50 grand. Uh, yeah. Well, Mike was, uh, he was all distraught over the impending divorce. He had just lost his job at the adult video company. Hmm. He knew that um, Susan had life insurance, but the beneficiary was her brother. So no life insurance money was to be had. So what was he hoping to gain? He was mad? Um, No, they had two houses. Um, And the main house, the one that she was still living in, they had paid off and it was valued around $300,000. Gotcha. And then there was the lake house. It was it was valued at three hundred thousand dollars in eighty eight or like today. no, this is two thousand six now. Oh, we're oh, okay, okay, okay. Wow, yeah, yeah we're in two thousand six. That would make a lot more sense. <laughs> so yeah, but I'm even a little so, like, slow. <laughs> but I mean, I bought a house in two thousand seven in Minneapolis, not Portland, and like $300,000 would have gotten me a much nicer house. (laughs) Like my house was fine, but like we both had really good jobs and she's a nurse, which is a really good job. And he's a jizz mopper. And I don't know what that pays. I God, I would hope it paid a lot. So what he wanted was the money out of the house. Uh, There were two houses. There was what I believe to be the little lake house. And then the house they had in town was worth about Mm $300,000. In 2006 money. So Mike had met Ed Haffey, again, the dead guy on the floor, at a Vietnam veteran support group. And they had bonded. Mike had even given Ed a job at Fantasy Adult Video. Uh, our, our new buddy Ed had a pretty extensive rap sheet, including convictions for robbery and burglary. And he had just been released from jail within the last couple of years, having served nine years for arranging the murder of his ex-girlfriend. Um, yeah. So he was the best guy for that. Yeah. Job. And yet. Oh, wait, it gets better. So not only was he extensively qualified for this job, uh, and he agreed to do it for 50 grand uh, by making it look like a burglary gone wrong. Um, that, that apparently didn't work out real well with him as the homeowner beat him to death. Yeah, no kidding. I, yeah. But, it, yeah. Uh, he had a good start. Like, really, that should have been an easy job for him. It should have been an easy job. But even if he had gotten away, he was not one of the smarter criminals that we have dealt with. here's how they figured out who he was and how he was connected to mike he was very easily identified at the scene of the crime what with his wallet with his id in his pocket on his person wow he had asked a former cellmate of his to join in on the burglary Uh indicating that it was an insurance scam He uh, and that guy met up with Mike, who offered this second man an additional $5,000 to help Ed kill Susan. But the second guy declined. So now the second guy already knows. And you know he's like an upstanding citizen who won't use that to his own gain or anything. Well, he's met this guy like face to face. He's met him. He knows him. He's talked to him. So Ed asked yet another friend. This dude has got a village. No um, kidding. <laughs> I don't think I know anybody that I could actually ask to murder somebody. I'm thinking, but I don't think I do. Maybe. <laughs> Diana's like, if you need something done. You can always find a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've got a guy. Um, yeah. But you know Anyway, so Ed had asked yet another person your kid, to Oh my kid's adorable. <laughs> yeah. He would kill you with snuggles. <laughs> um so Ed had asked yet another person to drive him to meet a guy in the parking lot of the Applebee's 
And after the incident came out on the press that this had all happened, this man contacted police and said that he had driven Ed to meet Mike at this parking lot of the Applebee's. Ed left a backpack in Susan's basement, which contained a container of Hershey's syrup. Go on. $200 in cash. Oh, yes. That's that's where I store my cash with the syrup. Diabetes pills. Yeah, because of the Hershey's syrup. <laughs> a day book and a pay stub made out to Ed Happy. Good God. But wait, there's more. An entry in the date book was marked Call Mike with Mike's brand new cell phone number next to it. Oh my gosh. On top of all of this, he was fucking loaded on cocaine. Well, that that also explains a lot. Yes. Um, according to the autopsy, near lethal dose. And this was a man who knew his cocaine. This must have been an enormous amount of cocaine. Well, because he had all that money to spend. No, he didn't. Because it was pay upon completion. Mike didn't put out nothing, any, nothing. anything. Nothing. Not even a down payment. Well, I, no, I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, unless the cocaine was the down payment. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how these things work. Um, so on the day of the attack, Mike uh, left that note in Susan's kitchen. He drove to the coast. He checked into a hotel in the afternoon. He paid with he paid for the hotel with a credit card. So there was tracking. <laughs> he drove back to Portland that night, and the next morning, he spent three hundred and thirty nine dollars on a Magnum revolver at a pawn shop. Left a suicide note at his dad's house, and bolted. He was on the lam for five days before police caught up with him in the parking garage of a hospital where he claimed to be checking himself in. So they put him on an uh, involuntary psychiatric hold and 11 hours later, he was arrested for conspiracy to commit was murder. Was he actually suicidal or was that like his get out of jail free card? Like, I'll just make everybody think I went somewhere and killed myself. Oh, dear. I don't know. They didn't. He has not afforded a lot of sympathy or words in most well, of these stories. He should not be. Yeah. Um, so he initially denied that he even knew Ed Haffey, but it was really easy to prove <laughs> right. that that was not true. He hired the dude. Okay. Um, he did plead guilty to soliciting Susan's murder, but he continued to insist until the very end that he was not involved. And that he had only pled out to get a lesser sentence. Uh, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Apparently, uh, Ed's family bore Susan no ill will. Uh, his aunt wrote her a letter and said, Although this was a terrible thing that happened, no one in this family has any feelings toward you. You did what you were forced to do, and in doing so, you spared many from the same trauma you experienced. I feel like that note should have gone a little differently and it should have been like, oh my God, if we are in any way to blame, we are so sorry. And even if we're not, we are so sorry. Like, Well, that was, that was the only excerpt that was released. <laughs> there, there may have been quite a lot of that. So Susan filed for divorce the day after Mike's arrest uh, and she peaced out, bought a new house. And she said she acts very differently. She always takes different routes oh, everywhere wow. she goes. If she thinks she's being followed, she moves. Her house is surrounded in gravel so that if anybody tries to get near it, she will hear them. That um, sucks. She, she learned how to shoot. I mean, good for her, but that sucks. That sucks. So he was sentenced to 10 years. He was due to get out in late 2014, so definitely not 10 years. Um, however, mm -hmm. cancer had other plans and killed the shit out of him 92 Good. days before he was supposed to be released. Awesome. According to the records, it was prostate metastasized to his bones, which hurts. Well, I feel like there is no nicer guy to have that happen to. Well, according to the letters he left behind, he believed that he was the victim. Of course he did. Yep. I mean, it was totally her fault that he hired someone to kill her who Absolutely. wasn't as tough as her. Yes. So Susan uh, continued to work as a nurse until her retirement in 2014. 
Today, she is a motivational speaker, and she provides self-defense expertise for Portland Bureau's Women Strength and Girl Strength programs. She is an expert on victims' rights. She has created a website called Case Companion to help local victims of violence receive information, support, and know what to expect from the criminal justice system. Also good. Um, yeah, uh, you guys should check this out. Google Case, uh, C-A-S-E Companion. It's only specific to that county, the county she lives in, but it's a really thorough but user-friendly and easy-to-understand overview of what happens in the criminal justice system if you are uh, prosecuting uh, violence or sexual assault. Um, Really, really cool resource that we should be duplicating other places. Yeah, but Diana, then we might know something about the criminal justice system. Oh, shit. Scratch all that. Change our whole intro. (laughs) Sometimes Diana accidentally teaches a shit and then... <laughs> That's not what any of you guys signed right? up for. I am sorry. <laughs> You're about to be fine. <laughs> oh man, I was so close to like three whole episodes. I know, I know. Thirty-five minutes in, and so we got. <laughs> no, that's very cool. That's just so I just, tough. I, I, so tough, and you know the. Some of the articles in the interview she did, she's like, well, I remembered my self-defense training. And it said that if you get close to them, then they don't have as, you know, the blows aren't as hard. So I got real close to him. And I'm just like, oh, my God. The minute I see a dude bigger than me with a hammer in my living room, I will lay down on the floor so he can claw me quickly. Yes. I mean, that is, <laughs> that is my zombie apocalypse plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will be food. It's cool. I know this is my lot in life. <laughs> I'm going to go fast because there's no mm-hmm. good that comes of this and I would never be able to beat him up. And you know what? I'm going to stay plump just yes. for them. It's very kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is her name? <sighs> Susan. Uh, she now goes by Walters. She and She took her maiden name back. I love her. Uh, but She's my new hero. I love her too. She was on, uh, also if you want a good read, I think it was, I'll try to find the link. I saved the link. I'll post it in the group. It might have been Badass of the Week, but it might have been one of the other kind of j- more jokey stories. It was full of swears. It was so funny. <laughs> just describing this, you know, lady that could be a grandma just kicking the shit out of this like cocaine adult fiend with a hammer. That's awesome. Well, it was pretty great. I'll, uh, I'll try to find that. Now I'm feeling real bad about my lady because she's nobody's hero. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that happens. <laughs> That was very cool. Well, um, <laughs> I have a I have a lady too, but her name is Martha. It's a good name. Yes, she has a very like. I don't want to. I I've been struggling with how to tell this story because on the one hand, I kind of kind of want to tell it the way that I read it with like the little summary, and I was like, no, that can't be true. And then when I went into a more reputable source <laughs> and read a little deeper. Um, it was so much more, but also I don't want to spoil it. So <laughs> I'm just going to tell it in order like I always do. Um, so my woman is named Martha Lowenstein. Um, later, she was Martha Lowenstein Merrick. So she was a foundling, which I think is awesome. <laughs> Not that she's a foundling, but just like Nobody uses that word. Um, in the early 1900s. I'm not entirely sure I know what that means. Is that... Somebody abandoned her. Oh. Yeah. No, it's not awesome. It's just a really fun word. It makes me think of baby deer. Not yeah. for a good reason. But No, but that's much nicer. Right. Yeah. She was a baby deer. Not so much. Oh. No. No. <laughs> um, so she... She was born in Vienna in the early 1900s. I don't know exactly when. She was a teenager by 1919, but I don't know if that was a 14 teenager or a 19 teenager, so sometime early 1900s. Um, And the couple that adopted her, they were very, very poor, so she never had anything. Like She didn't have anything before they found her. They didn't didn't have anything afterwards. Um, But she worked in a dress shop, and she was very, very beautiful. And so this man, who was 74 years old, 
named Moritz Fritsch made her his ward because she was just so beautiful and he wanted to like look out for her. In exchange for sexual favors, he bought her nice pretty dresses and he sent her to some really good finishing schools where she was around all of the kind of girls that she wished that she was, that like had the lives that she wished she had. Um, And so she went into that and she really got a taste for like that well brought up moneyed lifestyle. Um, And so when she came back home, she moved right back in with Merrick or I'm sorry, with, um, with Moritz Fritscht. And, um, but she started to have an affair with an engineer that she met, um, whose name was Merrick. Finally, her, I don't even know what to call him. Nothing good. Sugar daddy? I know, but that seems like too innocent for what this was. Rapist? I don't know. Anyway, he died because he was real old. (laughs) (laughs) Especially then. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. So he died and he left her everything, which she knew he would, which was why she kept her, her love affair a secret. Um. And so for a little while, she was very wealthy. She had a, a big mansion that she lived in, all of his money. Like, he left her very, very well off. Um, and she got married to Emil Merrick. And um, they managed to blow through that money, like, right away. <laughs> so, oh. I don't know. This happens to her a lot. So I think she just probably lived super extravagantly and just bought everything she wanted and hosted huge parties and let everybody know that she had money. I I don't know. She blew through it all. So I just never understood that. Cause I think if I had a pile of money that like, if I lived the way I do now, or maybe even a little nicer, but I could keep doing this and like not have to work anymore. Yeah. Like I do that. Or I could keep working and then have that much. Like, yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't know if I <laughs> if I didn't have a job and I just had money, but like nothing to do, I might end up spending it trying to entertain myself. Right. That would definitely be a concern. Mm-hmm. But you know, or if you kept working or did like contract work, and then right. You know, because what I would want to do is travel, but you can do that not. Super extravagantly. Mm-hmm. Not her so much. Or them. Yeah. Not them. Um, and I don't I don't want to put the message out there, by the way, that I am in any way responsible with money. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to come across that way. Actually, but, the conversation you know. I had with our boss earlier this week was um, I was talking about budgeting. And I was like, so I know I'm not good with budgets because I own about $1,000 worth of pens. <laughs> It's really the whole conversation right there. Um, yeah. Anyway. I am I am much better with everybody else's money than I am with my own. Yeah. I – yeah, no, I probably am too. I don't really ever have the opportunity to spend anybody else's money. <laughs> oh, man. I have had so much opportunity to spend our employer's money the last couple of years. I, I have a very limited, but it's like a one it, – there's, there's nothing. I don't get to make any choices. I just push the buttons. So. Yeah. Um, anyway, she apparently sucked with budgets even more than me and perhaps (laughs) owned a shitload of pens, um, because they got so desperate for money after just a few years that they decided they were going to have to commit insurance fraud to get some money. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. They wanted $30,000. That was the amount of accident insurance that they took out on Emil and the accident that it sounded like he decided he was going to have. The story was supposed to go that he would be out chopping down a tree and tragically would chop (laughs) off his leg accidentally. And then they would file the claim and get $30,000, which would totally be worth not having a leg. Although... Um, it didn't work that way because we can see how this is going to – I can see by the look on your face that you can tell how this is not going to go well. Well, so yes and. Because I've worked in insurance and I was literally just yesterday explaining to somebody that 
I find accidental death and dismemberment insurance policies kind of amusing because there is a table of potty parts and how much of them you have to lose in what combination for what amount of money. So where I actually went was I have seen policies where you wouldn't get $30,000 for a leg now. Like that was a pretty good policy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I did not go there. Um, This is why nobody wants to talk to me. It's either insurance or murder. And now we are combining the two. This is like my dream. (laughs) It is somebody's nightmare. I know. I'm real sorry to all of you who are listening. That had never occurred to me. It it never occurred to them either, and it didn't end up mattering. Um, But they, they assumed they were getting... The full thirty thousand for his leg. What occurred to me right away was how the hell does one accidentally completely sever their leg when they are trying to chop down a tree? I get if it was like some sort of like a chainsaw or something, or that you crush your leg and then it has to be amputated at the hospital. But his story was off. I swung the axe. I meant to hit the tree. Somehow I hit my own leg and then I didn't have a leg anymore. <laughs> and then it just fell off. Well, and also let's remember, this is the nineteen early 1900s. Yeah. Even if you survive the leg chopping off, there are no antibiotics for the crap that was on the axe that cut off your leg. True. Like, True. So that is bad. he hacked. Also, no antiseptic technique yet. No. No, no, all bad. All, all, all very bad. And yeah, and I, I just don't, I guess he was good with then not having a leg. I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like I'd be good with that. No. No. Not for 30 um, grand. But it didn't matter. Well, it kind of mattered. So he chopped at his leg. I don't even know how you do that also, by the way. Like in what position do you have to sit to swing an axe and hit your leg? It went like below the knee. Yeah, oh, it, below? It's not a hatchet. This is more awkward. It's not a hatchet. It's an axe. It has a long handle. In order to have enough force to chop through a leg, how do you have to, how could you do that? How could you do it accidentally, but how could you do it intentionally? She did it. Well, no, he tried. And then he just about passed out. And then he gave the axe to his wife, who then tried. And it took her at least three swings. By the time they got him to the hospital and he no longer had a leg, the doctor took one look at it and went, okay, did you accidentally hit it like five times? Because (laughs) I can tell this was not a clean cut. Yeah. That's like a... That's like a six-year-old lie. No, no, no. I only hit it once with an axe. <laughs> I can count the five. Right. I can see. There's a chunk missing here and a chunk missing here. And then your leg is severed below the knee. Anyway. Also, you brought in three people like splattered in blood. Right? <laughs> you. So the doctor immediately is like, because they filed the claim. And the doctor was like, uh, yeah, don't, don't, yeah, no. don't pay them. But then... She, Martha, bribed a nurse, because the nurses in my story not particularly good people, um, to say that the doctor had taken a bribe from the insurance company to write it up that way, and that did not match the actual account of what happened, that it had really been an accident and they should settle. Wow. And it worked, and the insurance company decided to settle with them. Um, although only for a fraction of the amount, until the nurse decided she wanted some more money and went to Martha and was like, okay, you know, I told your lie and you got this money and now I want a piece of it. And Martha refused to pay her. So the nurse went to the police and husband and wife both ended up in jail for four months, not for insurance fraud. They got to keep that money, but for bribery. Wow. Right? So let our priorities were straight on that one. (laughs) I. So that was the part that I read like on Ranker, and I was like, no, that's not real. And then I went and looked it up, and it was. But then it turns out 
months that um, they, so after they got out of jail, they traveled a little bit. They went somewhere else for a while outside of Vienna. Um, It didn't work out for them. They really, really quickly blew through whatever insurance money was left. Plus they ended up with two kids Um, and they came back to Vienna. Did they buy them with that money? No, I think they had, I think they had them. I I don't think it was intentional. Like I don't, think that was ever their plan because of the way that these kids get treated in a moment. Again, um, no birth control. No. <laughs> no. And dude still <laughs> only has one leg, so he's not working. Like when were the kids around during the leg chopping? Like how do you No. no. Oh. Um, they didn't have any kids then. They went to prison, no kids. Then when they got out, they moved elsewhere for several years, ended up with two kids, moved okay. back to Vienna. Okay. Um, by the time they got back to Vienna, they were so poor that Martha was selling vegetables that she'd grown in her garden in the streets so they wouldn't starve. Um, they could have eaten the 19- vegetables. What? Eat the vegetables? They could have eaten the vegetables. <laughs> Presumably she had like extras and she was selling them to buy meat i don't know i I I always tell my kids you have to have protein and tobin thinks he's gonna be strong enough to break metal with his hands so because he eats protein and drinks milk i break metal with my hands yeah but he punched a pole outside and he's really bummed that it bruised his hand instead of broke the pole that's how liam broke his collarbone he ran into a pole because he thought he could break it or because it was not there a moment ago and then it was. It, it was not there a moment ago. Like somebody was chasing him and he turned around to look at the other kid. and. Oh, man, that makes me hurt. Just thinking. Oh, man, he was such a little brick about it. It was the last day of summer camp last year. And uh, I get a call from one of the counselors and she's like, you know, he hurt himself while we were playing and like, he's just, he's really weepy. And I think maybe if you, if you came and got him, like he'd like that. I was like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll come over. So I, you know, I drove over and he came over and he was, he was just like weepy. Like he wasn't crying and he wasn't screaming. He was just like, I hurt a lot. And I was like, okay, do you want to, Go to the because I thought in the counselor that called me too. She's like, I don't think he's super hurt, but it's the last day of camp. Like yeah. you know, he's a little sad about transition and all that. Yeah, probably. And so I, I was kind of right, and I was thinking the same thing. And he came over, and I was like, Are are you okay? He's like, No, it it hurts. But, but do you want to go to the doctor? Yes. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, and it turned out he'd broken his collarbone. <laughs> Poor kid. Right, like such a brick about it. Yeah, that's he's tough too. He's going to take down a would be murderer. Hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully he's never in that situation. I take it I, back. Yeah, let's no, 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 no more. <laughs> take that away. <laughs> Maybe he'll just like I don't know, rescue a kitten or something. That's okay. Um. So yeah, nineteen thirty-two. Merrick drops dead. He has like really strange symptoms, and they decide that he died of leukemia. Um, and she gets a little insurance payout. I guess she had a little bit of life insurance on him, but not a ton. Um, but then their seven-year-old daughter dies just weeks later and he, she has sort of the same weird symptoms and they're like, oh, well, your dad died of leukemia. So I guess you did too. And so whatever, they bury <laughs> not, her. Not contagious, but again, early 1900s. Right. And I, I, they just, they just called everybody in the story is going to die of leukemia. Um, so she had an aunt and the way that I envision this going, this is just all me making it up. But the aunt asked her, she was really old and she was not well. And she asked Martha to move in with her. And so in my mind, I'm like thinking, so the aunt heard about all this tragedy and Martha's had a really rough life, but she's a good person and I could use some help. And so I'll invite her to come live with me instead of like giving her a handout, whatever else. Worst mistake ever. <laughs> then the aunt dies and hmm. of leukemia and Whoa, yeah it's going around town right um leaves martha her house and her money um which was the arrangement like she was like if you come take care of me i'll leave you all my all my shit um so that went real fast somehow yeah. even though it was a nice house and she martha had to take in borders so she took in two borders um a man named newman 
and a an older woman named Mrs. Ms. Madam, I don't know, Kittenberger. <laughs> That's a good one. Who almost <clears throat> immediately died. Oh. And left just yes. What's that? Leukemia? Leukemia. Yeah. Leukemia. Yeah. Oh, man. Left Martha a little bit of money. So at this point, she has the one border. Like everybody's dead. Um, sort of. If you've been paying a whole lot of attention, you might see one like missing person that we'll get back to in a minute. Um, but Martha is again poor because it doesn't take her any time to become that way. And so there are a bunch of expensive paintings that her aunt had left her in this house. And so she in the middle of the night, it pays somebody to come and take them and hide them in some storage place somewhere in the city. And then the next day calls the police and is like, somebody stole my paintings and files a claim with insurance. (sighs) Only the same person was put on that case as was put on the leg case a million years ago and was like, no, uh -uh, not buying it. Wait, 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 wait. So there's only one adjuster in Vienna. <laughs> Just one. And he does both health and property and casualties. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the maybe the leg was under property. Like maybe that <laughs> I don't know how that works. It's only like 1940. They don't have a system worked out, I don't know. I suppose maybe they had not yet, you know, split those two fields. Right. It was just like, I bought insurance. Now the shit I insured is no longer here. I mean, I guess he wasn't, he wasn't like the life insurance guy because he was good with all these people. All of these people that died left her life insurance. She just kept collecting on that. Well, and life, but life insurance is easy. I mean, that person is beneficiary. Yeah. Well, and again, this is Vienna, so I guess I don't know, know anything, but um, in the United States... That is the premise of this podcast. Yeah, true. But here, like, whoever is the beneficiary, like, that's not questioned, even if it's your cat or your mistress. Um, mm-hmm. I, I used to work for a major insurance company, and that's when we would know what executive was sleeping with his secretary when the wife would call in angry because not all the life insurance had come to her. Ooh. <laughs> Um, so anywho, but like they don't question the beneficiaries. That is why it can literally be your cat or a charity or your mistress or, you know, a guy in the phone book. Well, right. But within a matter of a couple of years, this woman who they know has committed really serious insurance fraud and been in prison for it has now claimed life insurance for a variety of people, all who just died, like four people who died. Yeah, but maybe it wasn't really the same quick. agent. Like, maybe it wasn't the same company. I don't know, because the paintings were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have to make sense. It- yeah. but, but I was saying, life insurance, life insurance is yeah. easier to collect. You have a yeah, body, okay. you have a death certificate, you have a beneficiary form, bing, bam, boom. Right. Well, and all of these people like got sick and they didn't know what killed them. It wasn't like their heads were chopped off. Right. So they just assumed, oh, they all died of leukemia, which apparently was just rampant. Well, I don't know. I mean, not leukemia, but like 1940, again, antibiotics. Right. <laughs> right. Not not hard to die. Well, so this investigator was like, nope, not buying it. So he did some investigating. Nice. And he found the paintings. So they sent her to prison for fraud again. Um, At this point, Kittenberger's son thinks, you know, I know my mom was kind of old, but she wasn't dead. Like she wasn't almost dead. And then she just died. And now I know this woman is like willing to do some pretty drastic shit for money. So maybe could we like look into this a little more closely? So they exhumed all four bodies and discovered that she had poisoned all of them. Thallium poisoning. Thallium. Yes. I knew nothing about it. No. I didn't even know that was an option. (laughs) Apparently it was. Um, The only thing I do know about it is it had only just been discovered right before this. So right prior to, I guess, like 1932-ish when her husband died. Um, And you can get it from a pharmacist. Or you could at the time get it from a pharmacist. You used to be able to get really fun stuff from the pharmacy. Well, yeah, if you wanted to kill your family. So (laughs) do you know... 
who is missing from our story. Well, there's a kid missing, isn't there? There's a kid missing. So that's when the police were like, wait a second. You had a second kid. Where is your son? And so they go looking for the son and they find him. She had him boarding with a family in a really poor district in Vienna. And she'd like sent him away. But she also had a life insurance policy on him and somehow was still managing to poison him. And they found him basically like right before he died and rushed him to the hospital and nursed him back to health. But she had almost killed him also. Wow. Yep. So um, they they convict her. <laughs> they um, the sort of nail in the coffin, which is actually a really <laughs> terrible analogy for this yeah. story, um, is that they found the pharmacist who had been selling her the thallium that she'd gotten it from. Like he hadn't done anything wrong necessarily, I don't think, but like he testified, "Oh yeah, well I sold her like ungodly amounts of this thing you can poison people with," and lo and behold, huh. everyone died. Um, so they convicted her, no problem. They sentenced her to death. Um, the death penalty had just been reinstated in Austria. And so she was going to be the first woman in 30 years to be put to death. So they had to manufacture and specially ship a guillotine by, by uh, they put it on train and sent it to her so to kill 1940, her. 1940, right? Well, so Is this before or after uh, Nazi occupation? So death penalty had been reinstated by uh-huh. Hitler's occupation. So, yes. Uh, history. It was a rough time. <laughs> yeah. Well, so even so, apparently there were a lot of qualms about killing a woman, like putting a woman to death. Um, and, you know, it had been many, many decades. Well, not many, many decades, but decades since the last time they'd done it, whatever. And yet they build the guillotine. And um, at this point, she somehow mysteriously becomes like paralyzed. And so she's in a wheelchair. And they, um, they're they not, I don't know why they were doing it this way. I don't know if she was a large woman. She doesn't look like a large woman in the photographs. But they, they practiced for days leading up to her execution, um, like wheeling her wheelchair out and tipping it forward so that she would fall into the appropriate position so they could lop her head off. And it did not specify whether she was present for this or whether oh. they like just took the chair and took turns or what the deal was. But but they made this big deal out of like she was paralyzed and she couldn't walk and she was wheelchair bound and they were going to have to do this like weird thing to get her in the correct position to have her head chopped off. Um, day of the execution, she miraculously regains use of all of her limbs and apparently put up quite a fight and managed to like kick one of the executioners pretty good. And But they did eventually pin her down. They tied her down and they chopped her head off and she died. Wow. And Diana is just <laughs> this horrible look. Oh my god, that was so much. <laughs> right. It's like that's not real. No, this is like so many different. I, I read, I read multiple articles just so to make many sure. Different veins of things, like <laughs> it's just bizarre, start to finish, and it's not so long ago that like you wouldn't be able to verify these. Yeah, at least parts of it, right? Like, we don't know right, what said. But, but no, I mean, that would all be public record. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what yeah. shape public records yeah. from a, you know, 1940s oh, Austria I, are, yeah. but. I just, I, I got real hung up on the axe thing, and then, like, it just got stranger from that point. <laughs> I'm just picturing them, like, you know, in this house. With their AD&D policy, looking at the table, and, you know, thinking, like, what can I do without for what amount of money? How about, honey, right. honey, how, how do about, you feel about, about your below the knee, below the knee, left, left leg, it's not a big deal. left leg, left yeah, leg. yeah, 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 maybe an ear, I don't, maybe not I know, an ear, no, not no, an ear, like, the, like, let's keep both thumbs, thumbs are good, but you don't, you don't need a whole leg. Right. No, I, I. Nope. nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to look up the conversion to see how much money they would have gotten for that leg. 
if they had this insurance policy today. So, oh, it would help if I told it I was talking about money. <laughs> it's like, what happened in Austria in 1930? Well, oh, quite a lot, actually. Quite a lot. $400,000. Wow. That's if it were 30000 US and, and then 400000 US. And I don't know what sort of oh. – I don't even know that it can calculate – that but maybe not but that's still like a lot of inflation it's still impressive more than 10 times four hundred thousand dollars for like i don't do anything that requires that i have my leg maybe i mean if you were any sort of like athlete like you'd have to be it would have to be something where you lost the ability to do the job that was making you considerable amounts of money right I mean, if I mean, if I did accidentally chop my leg off below the knee, which I just don't think is possible. I, I mean, again, I don't have an axe. <laughs> we have covered this. this is true. We did talk about that last time. We did, and I, I, I have had trees removed from my yard. I did pay a professional to do that. <laughs> Presumably, the professional could accidentally chop your leg off. I stayed in the house. Yeah, I would too. I didn't want to get in the way of those those guys. They had a lot of tools. But you know, speaking of the axe, ours didn't make it into the pod. It is still in the shed. Uh, now we're hoping it'll make it into a car. Yeah, might. But we'll see. But I just think like like what would I have to do if I lost part of my leg? Like I'd have to move. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I suppose put not. a care lift on your stairs. Yeah, I could do that. My great grandma had one of those. It was so awesome. Yeah. She just let me ride up and down on her lap. <laughs> but yeah, like I guess four hundred dollars would do the trick, but I'm like I, I make good money and I don't need my leg for it. Right. It would be really inconvenient. Yeah, it'd be a pain in the ass. It would be really painful. I would be very sad. But yeah, again, like what we are doing right now, this is pretty much what our job requires. Right. Yeah, no, this is, this is it. <laughs> I usually like wear nicer clothes. I'm doing okay. <laughs> no, you, look fine. You're, you look like you're still dressed for work. I am. Um, I'm in my pajamas. Actually, you know, I have been known to wear this top with like a cute sweater over it. I was telling Maybe it's you that when I was first teaching, uh, when I was running virtual classes for our college, I learned that a scarf will cover up the fact that you are wearing a t-shirt with a monkey on it and sweatpants. (laughs) (laughs) You you did say that. And I had those things hanging in my office when I used to have an office before I was moved to the bed. Oh my God, I could totally be legless right now. I've been Doing work from my bed for the past week. It is not as much fun as it sounds. It's not as comfortable as you think it is. Oh, God, no. My whole body hurts. Like, oh, way no. worse than if I were, like, working out or something. Oh, it, no, it's terrible. It is not a, the way a human body is supposed to be. No, no. That's awesome. So the last time I think I did a poisoning story... It was arsenic, and it was a woman, because that's always a woman, right? And mm. Jordan did the arsenic poisoning story on the same day. <sighs> I know. I thought that might happen to us tonight. I was worried when you said this morning that it kept getting crazier. And I'm like, I feel like mine kept getting crazier. <laughs> like, this right? is a problem. No, they were very, very opposite. Not very much so. Stories at all. Yeah. Although, in her own way, my woman was pretty badass. She chopped she off was. her husband's leg, then she killed most of her family, then Oh man. Yeah, she just was happy to do anything for money. I feel like some of that was not her fault. I feel like when she was a teenager, however old she was in 1919, she was taught that you do anything for money. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think there's However. Yeah, but what what's the underlying pathology that made that lesson yeah. stick? Yeah. Well, and I don't know how old she was 
when she was adopted, which probably has, I mean, they wouldn't have known anything about like reactive attachment disorder and all that crap, but I bet she had some major issues and probably, (sighs) did you hear that? I did. That was scary. (laughs) Zoe, put your ears down and go away. Well, and was this still the era of like, you shouldn't touch the baby too much because it might turn out to be a Democrat. I or you know, maybe I a mean, functional human hers, being, <laughs> right? She sent one of hers away to live with someone else, which I would have said was probably the kindest thing that she could have done. But even living with someone else, she was still poisoning him. How do you even do like? How do you make the decision with like I can't be arsed to raise this kid, but I'd like him dead. So, I can so I'm going to send him to somebody else's house, but then I'm still going to go over there to do the things to make him dead. Presumably she was like, I don't know. I have these strange people living in my house. And so I don't want my kid around because he might be in danger, but I'm going to bring him sweets because I'm still a loving mom. And Ugh. I mean, I feel like that's what the other, or maybe the other people raising him didn't care. I don't know. Maybe they were all psychopaths. Maybe. She would be terrifying. Yeah. Like no ability to empathize or I mean, she's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be. Anyway. So we did it. <sighs> Episode three. You survived. Yay. Yay. Um, so I think that we should say I don't have any shout outs this week. It's been pretty quiet, although we were having a blast in Facebook a little bit ago. It may still be happening without us. I haven't checked. I have not checked either. But if you have not, please like yes. our Facebook group and come and talk to us. We have been slacking a bit on getting in there and seeing everybody, but uh, we are back and we want to hear from you. Yes. And um, Brian? We got to talk to you. <laughs> Saying mean things about me in the Facebook group. Um, oh, I logged into my Twitter account for the first time in apparently three oh years. Goodness. Guys, we did it. We got Diane on Twitter. <laughs> you guys did it. So please follow me at Diana underscore Seacon. <laughs> I promise to tweet at least once more. Are you following us, Diana? I am. I am following you and the podcast and Jordan. And there's all sorts of cool stuff in there. I need to go have another look through. Oh my gosh. Twitter's the best for true crime podcasts. It's amazing. Oh my God. I hadn't even heard of so many of them that were, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to be finding some new friends, but. Definitely 100%. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So our Twitter is at crime crazy pod, which is also our Instagram, um, which Jordan has been really managing for the past over a year so we're gonna have to see if she'll still stay on that or if we need to take over <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah um we have email crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com yay and facebook we're playing games and doing all sorts of fun things and of course we have patreon which is where only the coolest people in the whole world go to support it's us true. it's true it's true so i'm gonna go ahead and jump in and say it this week but Whatever you do, do not end up on next week's episode.